positioned for promotion. From the book of Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9, it says, Know therefore the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. And then looking at the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 21 through 23, He said, This I call to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions never fail. They are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful, by whom you and I were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above your ability, but will always, glory to God, provide a way out for you and I to come to a safe landing place. Can anyone say with me today, My God, God. He He is faithful. He is faithful to me. In Hebrews 10, 7, 2, 17, it says, He is our f- merciful and faithful high priest. Peter says that He is our faithful creator. John says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Isn't that good news? Revelation 22 says, He is called faithful and true. Faithful and true. So to be faithful means this. To be trustworthy. To be stable. To be reliable. Amen. To be dependable. When we talk about the faithfulness of God, we're talking about the character of God. Is He completely trustworthy? Is He totally dependable? Is He utterly reliable? Is He worthy of all of your trust? If He said it, you can rely on it. Isn't that good news? So we need to ask ourselves this. What is it about Him that makes Him faithful? And when we understand that, then we can take a look at our own lives and we can compare ourselves to Him. See, the Bible says that we are to imitate our Father as good children. Somebody says, well, I could never be faithful. That's where you're wrong. The fruit of faithfulness is on the inside of you. You have the ability to be reliable. You have the ability to be trustworthy. But just like anything else, fruit must grow. It must be nurtured. It must be watered. And it must be developed. Amen. And so what is it that makes him faithful? Well, number one, he's always there. He's always there. You know, over in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, and the 5th verse, and the 6th verse, it says, For he himself, God has said, I will not in any way fail you. I will not give you up or leave you without support. Amen. Then he said three times, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. He's always there. He's there with us at all times. His grace surrounds us every day of our life. He is there in the hard times. He is there in the good times. He is there on our wedding day. 
He's there by the gravesite when tears are being shed. He's there when you get notices that you're being evicted. He is there, praise God, in the doctor's office. He is there during surgery. He is there in the high times, the middle times, and the low times. He is always there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. His hand is upon you for good, and He will always love you forever. Shout it with me. My God, He is faithful. Amen. So if we're going to follow His example, we must be there. Amen. And be all there for the people that God has put into our lives. Can you be a faithful mom? Can you be a faithful dad or employer if you're never there? Can you be a faithful church member if you're never there? Absolutely not. A faithful mom, a faithful dad is one who is there. Being faithful is being there. Amen. You know who gets used in local churches like this? Those that show up. Amen. Those that show up. And then after a while, people kind of get wimpy and they say, well, I just feel like I'm being used. Isn't that what you prayed for? There's no greater joy and there's no greater thing than be used by the Lord. Can you say amen? So we need to ask ourselves, are we where we are supposed to be? Number two, he is faithful because he cannot lie. He cannot lie. The Bible says in Numbers 23 verse 19 that God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Amen. Hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? I'm glad that God is not like a politician. No, 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 don't go there with me. I just said it, I'm going to leave it right there. I'm glad he's not like a politician. He is not a man that he should lie. When he gives his word, he keeps his word. He backs his word up with actions. We could say it this way, he is a doer of his word. And so we shout and we get happy about the integrity of God's word. But what about the integrity of our word? In the book of Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 26, it says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. One translation says, Everyone talks about how loyal and faithful they are, but just try to find someone who really is. What are you saying, Pastor Mark? I'm saying, let's be doers of our words. When we give our word, let's watch over our word to perform it. Look at your neighbor and say this, stay with what you say. say. Amen. So faithfulness is a rare commodity. It is a very rare characteristic in the body of Christ. Now, it's not for me to judge you, and it's not for you to judge you know, your neighbor, but you know, we should be judging ourselves. We should make up our mind that I'm going to be one of those rare ones. I'm going to be a man. I'm going to be a woman who puts my word out and keeps my word. The third thing that makes our heavenly father so faithful is this. He is always the same. He's always the same. In Malachi chapter three, he says, I am the Lord and I don't change. Aren't you glad? 
that yesterday he said, by his stripes you were healed? And you woke up this morning, you looked at the same verse, and it didn't say, by his stripes you were healed yesterday, but not today, sorry, Mac. (laughs) He is dependable, he is loyal, and he is faithful. Look at James chapter 1 and verse 17. We're getting someplace today, guys. This is just all introduction. So enjoy it while you can. James, the first chapter, the 17th verse says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Anyone ever receive one of those good gifts from above? Now notice, And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or turning. What this is saying is this. He doesn't change. He is steady. He is stable. And He is consistent. So if you and I are going to be imitators of Him, that we must also be steady. We must be consistent. In Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 19, look at this verse with me. Proverbs the 25th chapter and the 19th verse. Say it with me. I'm getting positioned for promotion. Does God desire to promote His kids? Is promotion automatic? Does promotion come from man? No. Promotion doesn't come from man. So we must then not have our eyes on man to promote us. It's the Lord who will promote you. It's the Lord that will exalt you. Amen? Promotion comes from Him. When the hand of the Lord is upon you, when He sees your life, that you have been faithful, you are a candidate. You are in, permit, you are in position for a great promotion. So what does promotion mean for a child of God? Well, it can mean manifold things. It can mean many things. Promotion can happen for you on the job. Promotion can happen for you in the church. Promotion can happen for you by God giving you favor everywhere and every place you go. Amen. And so keep your eyes upon Him. Notice with me in Proverbs 25, 19. Anybody ever had a broken tooth before? And you, and you, you, you took a bite of that, whatever you took a bite of. Maybe you were at a movie and you grabbed a great big huge handful of buttered popcorn. And you just put it in your mouth and you... Oh, the broken tooth. Man, that isn't good. How how many have ever sprained your ankle before? Or you you had a foot out of joint? I sprained my ankle several times playing basketball. It's not a great experience. Why? Because you can't depend on it. You can't depend on a broken tooth. You can't depend on a, a foot that's out of joint. You want to do what you used to do. You want to eat what you'd like to eat, but you just can't depend on it. You just don't have the support, the stability there. Well, so likewise, it says confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble. It's like a broken tooth. Or it's like a foot out of joint. In other words, an unfaithful person is not dependable. You cannot count. You cannot depend on an unfaithful man. But you know what? In church, we should be able to depend on all the body parts. See, we're part of something bigger than ourselves. You may be an ear, you may be an eye, 
You may be an organ in the body of Christ, but how many of you know every vital part of the body of Christ is important? And everyone in the local church and in the church universal has a supply to bring into the house of the Lord. Amen? And that's why we are going to discover what our spiritual gifts are in the month of April. Some of you are sitting here today and you're wondering what you're supposed to be doing. Well, glory to God, I'm going to help you and I'm going to get you signed up. Hallelujah. So that you can serve the Lord and be faithful in the house of the Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I believe that Christians ought to be the best employees in the world. I was amazed as I was traveling this past week at the amount of people that were supposed to be serving they were supposed to be doing this and that, and they were on their phone. I was amazed. I, w- I went to pay for some, some water, and, and I don't know what it was at the Tulsa airport. And, and I, I, was, I sat there. I stood there for a while, and I said, can I, can I pay for this? And the person looked at me and said, I'm off the clock. And I thought, really? I thought, oh, Lord Jesus. But I didn't go there. I'm learning to be nice and not rude. But it's amazing. I don't, I don't know how people can keep from mowing people over at the airport. You're like, well, I'm so important. I got this great big email. Oh, excuse me. Oh, Jesus. There's an epidemic, however, in the body of Christ of people that are starting and stopping, joining and quitting. Faithful men and women of God keep their commitments and they do not change. See, in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 20, we need to take a break from that because we're going to get a little heavier at the end. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20, In the NIV, it says this, A faithful person will be richly blessed. Not just blessed. The word richly there means abundantly, amply, and magnificently. How many of you know that the blessing part is his part, but the faithfulness part is our part? Now, here's the deal. Most people do not qualify for promotion because they're not positioned for it. What do you mean they're not positioned for it? Well, one reason why is they haven't been faithful with what they've been given already. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, have I been and am I faithful with what I've been given? You know, it's not about crying and it's not about demanding and to get to another level of increase and blessing. It's about qualifying. It's about qualifying. And your faithfulness will qualify you for promotion. In Luke chapter 16 and verse 10, look at that verse there. How many of you know there's no shortage of ability on his side? In Luke 16 verse 10 says this, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. But he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. See, what we do with the little assignments that God has given us, what we do with the talents that He has given us, how we treat and how we value what God has placed on the inside of us 
if we do it right and we do it properly, if you're faithful in the little, you will see much, much more come into your life. Somebody say amen. amen. And so the size of the assignment that God places in your hands is not the issue. Who knows about what you're doing is not the issue. He's looking at your heart. Whatever we do with the little opportunities, we are showing our heart. He's looking for men and women like you that will take a $5 assignment seriously. He's looking for men and women who serve in the church to be on time and at their post on time in church. We do not want to have this attitude, well, it's just good enough for God. I tell you what, that is an attitude that is the attitude of a person that will lose in life. Because God deserves our very best. He deserves our honor. He deserves our time. He deserves our talent. And He deserves our treasures. Somebody says, you went to Tulsa and got that? You bet. Here's what I got in my spirit as I was praying. I got two words. Faithful to. Everyone say, faithful faithful to. In other words, areas that we need to be faithful toward or to. And this will qualify us for promotion. Number one, we must be faithful to the Lord. Faithful to the Lord. Amen? Not just having our fire insurance. Not just, you know, just being saved, yet so is by fire but faithful to the Lord, making Him the Lord of our lives. There's an old song that says, if He's not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. I think one of the things that Billy Graham taught us in his life was faithfulness. What a wonderful man of God. You know what Billy did? Billy stayed faithful to the call of God on his life. And Billy stayed in his lane. And that is why Billy was able to burn, uh, not burn bridges, but make bridges between all denominations. Catholics loved Billy Graham. Lutherans loved Billy Graham. Baptists loved Billy Graham. Charismatics loved Billy Graham. Why? Because Billy Graham loved God. And it showed through his words and through his communication. And you know what Billy did? Billy didn't get off on ground that was foreign to this group and that group. Billy stood with common ground on the fact that Jesus is good and that he is alive and that he loves you and that sin is sin. But if you'll call on him, glory to God, you'll be saved. Thank God for a man 99 years old. Think about what Billy's seeing today. Woo, over in the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. Ingrid, your dad, hallelujah, in heaven today. He could be fellowshipping with Jesus and Billy Graham. Isn't that awesome? Oh, hallelujah. When the end comes, you do not want to hear undone. You do not want to hear, well, 
You want to hear, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter in now into the joy of the Lord your God. How about this? Faithful to your spouse. Faithful to your wife. Faithful to your husband. Faithful to your family. Being steady. Being consistent. Being reliable. How about, there, how about this being there for your loved ones? Being there. Your presence in a time of trouble for your loved ones is so vital and it's so important. And it can change their lives forever. Glory to God. Being there for your spouse. Being there with kind words. Being there, husbands, with affection toward them. Not just wanting sex all the time, but being affectionate with your words. Being kind and being loving. How about this? Being loyal to your friends. How many of you know friends are a great thing? Friends are a very precious thing. But we must be faithful in our friendships. And that means not, not looking at the bad in them, but looking for the good in them. You know, when you're really walking in love and you're really a faithful friend, you will believe the best of every person. You'll walk in love. Faithful to your friends. Faithful to your family. How about this? Faithful to your country. I said faithful to your country. Faithful to your nation. Somebody says, but there's this going on and there's that going on. Get your eyes off of this and that and keep your eyes on the Lord and pray for an awakening in America and for the goodness of God to pour out on this nation like it's never poured out before. Well, I don't agree with this and I don't agree with that. One thing we need to do is we need to respect the offices that men and women sit in and stand in. We are not to demean them. We are not to talk poorly about them. Glory to God, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost yet, get filled with the Holy Ghost. If you don't know what to say in English, say it in tongues. Pray much in the Holy Ghost. Faithful to your nation. Faithful to your family. Faithful to your friends. And here's the, here's the one that really got me when I was preparing for this message. Turn me over to James chapter 4. And notice with me in verse 17. Faithful to. It says here in the 17th verse, Therefore to him that knows to do what? Therefore to him that knows to do good, but, but what? But doesn't do it, it's okay with God. Let's read it together. It takes us real slow so we get this. All right, one, two, three, read. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. A lot of people pretend like they don't know to do good. They pretend, but they know. 
Now, listen to this statement. Sin is violation of light. Sin is violation of light. In other words, if you violate the light that you have by not doing it, it's sin. One translation says this. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Listen very carefully now. This is really important. In Psalms 119, it says that the entrance of His Word, what does it do? The entrance of His Word gives light. So God's Word is light. And God's Word helps us to see what is right. Say it with me. God's word is light. God's word is light. And God's word, enables me to see God's word enables me to see what is right. What is right. Mm. The entrance. The entrance of his word. It gives light. And it also gives understanding to the simple. Okay, so let's just use some examples. If I know not to be a whiny, complaining baby, if I know not to bellyache and complain, and I do anyway? What is it? Sin. It's sin. If I know to be a man or a woman who gives thanks in everything, not necessarily for everything, but in every circumstance of life, I am to show gratitude and gratefulness to the Lord. Just a few months ago, the Spirit of the Lord spoke and said this, Thanksgiving is the door for more. Thanksgiving is a key to promotion. If we want to experience more of Him, we need to cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Now, when I have... Three fingers going like this. I got two back here. So, if you know not to complain and you do it anyway, guess what? You need to repent. And you know what repent means? Repent is a step beyond forgiveness. God will forgive you. Amen? But if you don't repent, you may be asking for forgiveness two hours later. <laughs> Repentance is a step beyond forgiveness. Forgiveness is your part to ask for it. 
or his part, and repentance is your part. So what do you mean? Repentance means you turn away from. You purpose in your heart. You're aware of this, and you know that you've yielded to it in days past. And being aware of it, not only have you asked forgiveness, but now you're turning from it, and you're making Thanksgiving a way of life. Here's another one. If you know not to yield to fear, if you know not to yield to doubt, and you do, to you it's sin. It's sin. If you know that God's not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, and you've been sitting in a church like this for decades, and you have learned that faith is the victory that overcometh the world, and not only that, you know what fear has done to you, and you know what doubt has done to you, if you know not to yield to that, and you do, it's sin. It's garden variety sin. If you know you're supposed to speak faith-filled words, (laughs) if you know you're supposed to be speaking faith-filled words every day of your life and you don't do it well you know the rest how about this one if you know not to gossip ooh boy we <laughs> if you know not to judge a person Jesus said very clearly, judge not, lest you be what? Judged. Being judged is not the way to be promoted. Being judged is the way to be demoted. So if you know not to judge me for this tie, if you know not to gossip, And you do it anyway? Well, you know. Here's another one. If you know not to hold grudges. I told you this was going to be great for you. <laughs> Amen. Oh, this, this, man, you act on this, it'll change your life. I mean, if, if a third of you would repent, we'd have revival. <laughs> I've had to repent. I've had to repent about everything that I've preached on this morning. More than once. So I'm not standing up here as some sort of Saint Mark. I am a saint. And I'm looking at a congregation of saints. Just be glad you ain't an ain't. 
Right? It is amazing how we'll point things out to you. It's amazing how that he wants us to be vessels of honor. Amen? And here's what will happen. If you'll open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, He'll begin to show you things that He says, now cut that off. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't go there. You ever been in a situation where, man, you just were having some conversations and you wanted to say something so bad and the Holy Ghost arrested you? It might be a good, good idea to say, Lord, help me go dumb when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I, if I know not to hold a grudge. See, grudges hurt us more than they hurt other people. Because that person can be going down the road and not even know you're holding a grudge against them. They can be footloose and fancy free. And we can be all bitter and bound up holding a grudge. If you know to release and to let go and to forgive and you don't do it, well, you know. If you know to be planted in the house of the Lord and you know to be a fruit bearer and you don't do it, if you know to tithe and you know to give, and you don't do it? If you know to serve and you don't serve, well, you know. I've written this down. If you know to love your wife as Christ loves the church and you don't do it, you see, we can't say we don't have light once we've seen the light. So he says, well, now, you're a preacher, Pastor Mark. I mean, you, you, you're, you're at a higher standard. You're wrong. We are all at a standard according to the Word of God. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. I think that's enough there for that. Say it with me. Him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not... To him it is sin. Say the sin is a violation of light. How many of you know there's, there's a couple types of sins? There's sins of what? Commission, right? And, and I don't think you know anybody in this auditorium, don't, don't misunderstand me by this word today, I don't think that anybody in this auditorium woke up this morning and said, man, how can I sin today? You know, I, I, I just, I, I got to commit a sin. It's been two days. Right? No. Nobody like that. And yet there's another type of sin, which are sins of omission. Sins of omission. The things that maybe we should have done 10 years ago and we're still fixing to. You know what the southern definition of fixing to is? I'll get around to it later, maybe, if I feel like it. Well, I'm fixing the clothes. 
but not yet. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, say this with me. This is me. This is me. This is my family. Notice this. This is shouting ground right here. Let's read verse 7 together. But if we... Now stop right there. If we do what? What, what, what does walk in the light mean to us? Walking in His Word and living out and being obedient to what we know. In other words, being faithful to the light that we have already received. Hallelujah! We got any light walkers here? Any light walkers in the house? It says, but if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, what do we have? Come on, somebody help me. We have fellowship one with another and what happens the King James says and the blood thank God for the blood I said thank God for the blood and the blood of Jesus cleanses us purifies us sanctifies us from all sin hallelujah And you do not want sin to keep you out of what God has for you. Look at your name and say, there's so much more. So much more that God's got for you. Point your finger at yourself and say, there's so much more that God has got for me. I'm not going to let anything I'm not going to let anyone keep me down, keep me from being promoted, keep me from doing and being all that God has intended for me to be. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. I said, thank God for the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you what, if you will apply the blood of Jesus to your spirit, to your soul, and to your body, it will cleanse you, it will purify you, it will make you what you ought to be. The word of the Lord came to a dear brother in the Lord a couple years ago. And the word was this, that the faithful shall flourish. The faithful shall flourish. And it shall be like days of heaven upon the earth. I believe I'm looking at a group of people that have the potential to flourish. Flourishing. Flourishing. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 21. I particularly like the New Living Translation of Deuteronomy eleven twenty one. So if we can pull that up there, that would be great. Deuteronomy the eleventh chapter and the twenty first verse. It says this so that as long as the sky remains above the earth you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord your swore the Lord swore to give you and your ancestors 
Is there anybody that is interested in flourishing? Well, what do you mean flourish? Well, flourish means to thrive. It means to increase. It means to enlarge. It means to grow and prosper, to abound, to spread out, to expand, to make steady progress. And I love this, to be at a high point in life. It's the will of God for you to be promoted. It is the will of God for you to be faithful. Amen. It is the will of God for you to walk in the light. Let me just say this. Not everyone has the same light you do. So don't expect a person to walk in light that they don't have. That'll keep you out of the realm and out of the zone of judging another person. Amen? Not everyone sees things that you see. Amen? So what do I do, pastor? Do I confront them? No, you pray. You pray the eyes of their understanding would be flooded with light. That they would see the light and walk in the light. Psalm 92, let's look there real quickly. Verses 12 through 14. How many of you know it's important to be planted in the house of the Lord? Really important. Psalm 92, verses 12 through 14 says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those cedars in Lebanon are beautiful. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fresh, fat, and flourishing. The Amplified says, They shall be full of sap, of spiritual vitality. And in verse 15 it says, They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful. Hallelujah. Clark's commentary says about that verse, As these trees flourish in their respective soils and climates, so shall the righteous. He goes on to say one of the definitions of the soil, as I believe it applies, is a geographical area. Listen very carefully. Whether your soil is the local church or a designated geographical region, God has a specific place for each of us. One in which He intends that we flourish to the fullest. So we must be in our right place with God. Walking in the light. And we must be in the right place that He's planted us. Amen? The place where God plants you is where you will find your vineyard. It's where your harvest is. It's where your promotion is. Again, the psalmist said, those that be planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish. You know what the house of the Lord is symbolic of? The house of the Lord is symbolic of the universal New Testament church. And of course, God has His church all over the world. But you know what? He's got some great ones here in the Bay Area. And this is a good one. I encourage you to walk in the light you have. Be faithful to God. 
Be faithful to your family. Be faithful to your spouse. Be faithful to your local church. And here's what's going to happen. A faithful man, a faithful woman is going to abound in the goodness of God and in the blessings of God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Put your hand over your heart. I'm going to ask the musicians to come if they would. Praise the Lord. Let's just spend a couple moments in prayer before the Lord. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord today. Thank you, Master, for moving today by your Spirit and even causing hearts to be pricked by the Holy Ghost, even causing men and women to make adjustments, life-changing adjustments, even in this hour and in this time. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would open up the eyes of our heart. I pray, Lord God, that you would help us see more clearly, with greater clarity, the light that we have already received. Pray this with me. Say this, Heavenly Father. Anytime that I have violated the light, I'm asking you to forgive me. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. And you are just to forgive us from all unrighteousness. And now, Lord, I thank you that repentance is the way out. Repentance is the road to greater victory in my life. Therefore, in Jesus' name, I turn from those things that I know to turn from and I turn to you asking for help heaven's help and the help of the Holy Spirit the enablement of the Lord that will cause me to walk in fruitfulness thank you Lord I'll walk in the light as you are in the light. Thank you that the blood of Jesus, it cleanses me this morning from anything not in conformity to your will, to your plan, and to your purpose in my life. Now let's just raise our hands. Let's all stand and raise our hands and let's just have a time of just good worship before the Lord. We're just not quite done this morning magnifying Him and worshiping Him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Brikishte Mandaya. Praise His holy name. Pasurrendikishtele Vrando. Glory to God. With hands lifted up, let's magnify Him. Let's thank Him for His help. Let's thank Him for His grace. Let's thank Him for His mercy.